Today's scripture comes from John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. And then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham, and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I have a confession that I want to make to you this morning. I hope that you won't think less of me when I tell you this, but I feel like it's important to be transparent as your preacher, so here goes. I'm especially embarrassed to say this after that amazing thing that Gretchen just sang for us, but one of my very favorite July 4th songs, perhaps even my favorite July 4th song, is Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA. <laughs> Barb says, me too, and she played it. If you were online already at 9 o'clock, she prayed, played it as her first prelude piece, and I love it. Isn't that terrible, though? I mean, there is so much good and wonderful and classy patriotic music to be had this time of year. There's uh, John Philip Sousa's Stars and Stripes Forever. There's Aaron Copeland's Fanfare for the Common Man. There's the Battle Hymn of the Republic, for goodness sakes. There's Woody Guthrie singing This Land is Your Land, which Gretchen just did in a wonderful um, uh, melody with, with God Bless America. I love all those songs too, but there, there is just something about Lee Greenwood belting out, I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the men who died and women who gave that right to me. It just, it gets me every time. Maybe it's because I have these really clear memories of being nine or ten years old when that song was new and sitting in Cessna Stadium at Wichita State on campus with my family waiting for the community fireworks show. So maybe it's just nostalgia. Or maybe it's that I love 80s country music with my whole heart. Or maybe it's just that he sounds so certain and so clear of his commitments. I don't know. It, it's a song that I know people love to mock these days. They call it cheesy. They call it sappy. They call it overwrought. And it's probably all of those things, but I can't help it. So judge me if you will, but my little heart just tingles every time. No matter what music you use to capture the feeling, we have a lot to be grateful for as Americans, don't we? Even with all the difficulties that our country is facing at this present moment, with COVID cases out of control in so much of the country and so many arguments about what's best to do, with intense public debate about racial injustice and the role of the police, even with everything that feels hard about America right now, we can still take a moment this weekend and say that we have reasons to be proud and things that we've done well as a country and we have history to honor and we have unity that we feel with all this diverse and beautiful people that we call America. And freedom. Today we can be grateful for our freedom. You know, I don't think there's a word that's more powerful than that, at least to the American mind, freedom. And whenever we first hear it, I assume that most of us think about outward liberty. And that's important. 
because I never want to take for granted that I'm a citizen of a place where I am free, which means I get to live where I want and marry whom I want and have as many children as I want or no children at all, to pursue the occupation I want. I get to hang out with whom I want. I get to worship how I want. I get to speak my thoughts as I want. And I get to do all that, and I don't ever have to be worried about being charged with a crime. I don't ever have to be worried about my government targeting me. I'm free, and I cherish that, and I trust that you do too. And I can say that even while recognizing that at the time those founding documents were written, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, that not everybody got those same rights. Right at the beginning, those fundamental rights that we cherish so much were only given to white men who owned property. But what I love so much about our country, and especially celebrate on the 4th of July, is that those founding fathers, they wrote documents more powerful than they even knew that they were. So powerful that their descendants would come to understand the promises that were made in those documents were actually bigger than the original vision. So eventually America realized that black people are not three-fifths of a person. Black people, Native American people, Latino people, anyone we can name are whole people and deserving of all the rights and freedoms that white people have. And we're not yet fully living into that, but we're a lot closer than we've ever been. Since its founding, America has realized that women actually have brains big enough to make wise decisions. And so now we can hold property and have control of our own money and even vote and run for office and, God willing, one day be president of the United States. Along the way, America has realized that gay and lesbian people should have the right to get married just like everyone else. And just last month, the Supreme Court realized that transgender people ought not be kicked out of their jobs just because of their gender identity. There is no way the framers of the Constitution saw that one coming. But they had this vision of freedom that we continue to work out just exactly what those freedoms mean in the lives of people. And that makes me proud to be an American, about as proud as anything. And we can be so proud of these freedoms that we live with and still understand that we are working out how to ensure those freedoms for all people, which is great for our civic consciousness and it's a conversation that we need to continue even in the moments that it's contentious. But you know that this morning I have something more on my mind than just the promises of the Constitution. I'm also really interested in the promises of the Bible. And when we go looking in the scripture to find some insight about freedom, what are we going to find? Well, Jesus. We're going to find Jesus. Of course, it always comes back to Jesus for us. And he, of course, he had nothing to say about the founding of America. He actually didn't have a single word to say about democracy. Imagine that. Jesus didn't say anything at all, no comments about the Bill of Rights. But he did have something to say about freedom. And what he said was, the place that we find full and complete freedom is in him. We heard Robbie read it just a minute ago. Jesus said, if you continue in my word and you're truly my disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
the truth will make you free. Now, we hear that word free, and we might jump back to the Declaration of Independence or life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but that's not what Jesus was talking about at all. He was not talking about outward freedom. He was not promising that to the disciples. He could not have been promising that because they were living in Israel occupied by Rome, and nothing Jesus did or was going to do overthrew the Roman government. So he did not mean freedom in the civic sense, the way that it's so important to us today. And to me, this is actually really good news, because when I read the Bible, I try to think about not just my own perspective, but also the perspective of people whose lives are very different than mine. And when I was a young pastor, I got a pretty big lesson in how different the Bible can sound depending on your context in life. One day, I was sitting in my office, and a church member named Don came by. He walked down the hallway, and he just leaned in my doorway, and he said, Amy, I've been thinking about something, thinking about it a lot. I I can't let go of it. God is stirring something up inside of me. He said, I want to start teaching disciple Bible study in the prison, in some of Hutchinson's prisons. Now, Don's dad had been a prison chaplain, and now that Don was retired, he was feeling like he wanted to reach out to prisoners with the same kind of hope and healing that his dad had. So I said, that sounds awesome to me. Let's do it. We raised money for the curriculum books. We raised money so every inmate who enrolled in the class could have their own Bible. And Don recruited teachers from the congregation. Six or seven people signed up. Don did all the paperwork. He arranged all the training, and he just made it happen. And we had disciple Bible study in prison, and it was great. A few times, Don invited me to come with him to the prison to help to serve communion to the inmates. And every time I did, I listened to the prisoners read the scriptures and talk about it and what it meant to them. And and every time I was floored. They always saw things in the text that I didn't see. They always heard the words of Jesus a little differently than I did, and and it always made the text richer, more meaningful, more profound to see it through their eyes. So when I read a verse like we have today, I sometimes think back to those guys in the prison in Don's disciple Bible study class, and I think, how would they hear this promise from Jesus? If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Would they read that and think, this is Jesus promising to get them out of prison? I don't think so, but I suspect that literal freedom is what they would want the most in the world, but I don't think they would think Jesus was promising that. So would they call Jesus a liar? I don't think they'd do that either. Instead, I think they would help me, help us, see that Jesus must be talking about a different kind of freedom, a kind of freedom that's actually deeper than outward physical freedom, like the kind we enjoy and celebrate this weekend. Jesus must be promising another kind of freedom, one that transcends whatever outward circumstance the world might put us in. Professor Jamie Souls Clark says that in the Gospel of John, there are clues about the kind of freedom that Jesus is offering. He promises to free us from falsehood, from hatred, from faithlessness, from troubled hearts, from self-absorption, 
I think if we would read on into the New Testament, we could add to the list and see that Jesus is promising to free us from anger, from the need to seek revenge, that Jesus wants to free us from fear and from selfishness and from pride and from envy. See, Jesus wants to free us from all these things that make us turn away from God and that pull us apart from one another. He wants to free us from the things that make us hurt other people, that make us hurt ourselves. He wants to free us from all the things that make us look at the world sideways, all the things that make us sin. All these things are things that that can bind us up whether we are physically free or not. That list of things that Jesus wants to free us from, they are things that can bind us whether we live here in a democratic country or under the most authoritarian regime. They are things that threaten to trap us and hold us back and weigh us down no matter how much outward freedom we obtain. Jesus wants to free us from all those things, give us an inward freedom from sin, and free us for joy. Now, I've been working on this sermon this week, as you do, as a preacher, and wouldn't you know it, (laughs) I had the occasion to ask Jesus to give me a little of this kind of exact freedom. I hate it when my sermons are so immediately applicable to my own life, okay? It's the worst. Well, I was out biking, as I do a lot, especially in these pandemic days. And after I'd been riding for a little while, uh, one day this week, I realized that I was having an argument in my head with a colleague of mine. One of the things I love about bicycling is it gives me all kinds of time to think and space to reflect and ponder, but that doesn't mean that I always spend my time thinking about things that bring joy and life. So one day this week, I have no idea what, but something triggered my thoughts toward this colleague with whom I've had some conflict in the past. In fact, the last time I spoke to him, we had an argument, but, which means really he yelled at me, that's what happened, and that was in February. And I have not seen him, and I have not spoken to him since. But here I was, on my bike ride, in July, talking to him in my head. And you can imagine probably what this conversation sounded like. I was justifying why I was right at that moment in February, and he was wrong. And then I started thinking back through all these other tough conversations and tense moments that I've had with him over the last five years. Five years, you guys. And I I said to myself, this is so silly. Stop it, Amy. Think about something else. He is not worth this time and attention. And as soon as I'd say that, I'd remember something else that he'd said and think about what I wish I had said or what I would like to say to him now about that conversation that we never finished. And I was so caught in rehearsing this conflict with him, it went on for something like 40 minutes. I looked down at my cyclometer and I was shocked at how far I had ridden while I had been arguing in this loop with him, this loop of anger and distrust and defensiveness and regret. I hope to God you do this sometime too and you know what I'm talking about. Well, finally, after trying unsuccessfully several times to redirect myself, I decided that I should appeal for help and I started to pray. Yes, it took me 40 minutes to finally get to the place where I was ready to pray about it. I'm sure that Jesus was saying, finally, okay. So I said to God as I pedaled along, I said, all right, I'm stuck. I admit it, I'm stuck. 
and I don't want to be. I don't want to have to rehash this in my head over and over again. I want to be free of my anger toward him. I want to be free of my need to feel justified. I want to be free of my own pride. I want to be free. And I kept tattling, and I kept praying. And after a few more miles, God helped me. God helped me remember some moments when I could have been more open to this colleague and could have offered some words of encouragement, but I didn't do it. And God helped me think about not just what I wish I had said in smart, withering reply, but what I could have asked or what I could have said to calm the situation. God gave me a big sense of compassion for this colleague. And the most important thing is God helped me surrender and admit that this relationship was beyond my control. But I just needed to give it over to God and I needed to give my colleague and his stuff over to God and I needed to release it from my hands and so that's what I did as I rode my bike. And I tell you, today I feel different about this particular colleague and I have some good hope that I'm not gonna have to have 40 minute arguments in my head with him anymore. Now, am I ever going to argue with him in person again? There is a distinct possibility that I will. But I also trust that I'm going to remember this promise of God to free me from my own pride and my own anger, and I'm not going to have to take all that stuff from the past into the future with him. That moment of praying on my bicycle, it was a clear reminder to me that I cannot free myself I need help to be free. I can't liberate myself. I need a liberator. I can't redeem myself. I need a redeemer. I need, I will always need my Savior, Jesus, to offer what only he can offer. Jesus brings a freedom that comes from knowing the truth about him and about my dependence on the mercy and the grace of God. As we continue to celebrate our freedoms as citizens of America, I hope that we will continue to pray for and look for and wait for this deeper kind of freedom that Jesus promises to give us. As it's a freedom that transcends any outward circumstance. It's a freedom that can never be taken away. Thanks be to God. Amen.